right then, here we are. A very good evening to everyone who's who's watching our stream live now on Facebook. This is the Still Parents podcast. My name is Dan Kelly and yeah, welcome along. Anyway, here we are, we're live. It's Sunday night from Mill Street Studios at Leamington Spa. My name is Dan, of course, with Ryan. Uh, you all right, Ryan? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, as ever, Matt Whitehouse. Evening, Matt, how are you? Good evening, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, joining us tonight, it was our guest on our very first one that we did, actually. Episode number one of Series One at the back end of 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it been, yeah, yeah, 2020. Simon Philpot, welcome, welcome back on Simon. How are you? you? Obviously, first of all, we need to deal with why we weren't here last week. <laughs> we were here last week. Yeah, <laughs> briefly. With about 20 minutes to go until the podcast was due to go live, um, and then we thought, what's the point? Well, we ended up the four of us in Warwick Hospital, <laughs> Warwick well, Infirmary, the car, car park in the in the car park. Myself and Matt and Simon were not, you know, couldn't go in because of the restrictions still, and it would have been quite funny seeing four men uh, drop off uh, another guy just because he'd cut his finger, which which is pretty much what happened. Did they give you a pepper Pig blaster? <laughs> so to make, make a long story short, I turned up last week just um, just before these two guys, and um, thankfully one of Ryan's lads, Freddie, was here, and he casually opened the door and went, Hiya, Dan, yeah, my dad's in a bit of pain. He's strapped his finger in the, in the camera. And I went, you know what? I thought he was having me on. So I walked in. Uh, no, sorry, you strolled in. <laughs> yeah. Like you just strolled in, looking at me, almost like waving yeah. when you were walking past the glass. And uh, Ryan is just pretty much just hanging from this camera bracket, which it, it snapped shot on his finger. It was pretty, it was pretty gruesome. And uh, we managed to um, to open open the camera bracket, and Ryan made noises I've never heard anyone make, <laughs> and slumped on the floor and went very pale. So I mean, it was, you know, we, we're joking about it, but it was quite serious. We for for a second. Did you actually think you were going to lose your finger for a second? I actually thought I'd lost my yeah. finger at yeah. one point. Yeah, that's how, no, I did. That's how sharp we're, it was. we're taking the Mickey, but it, mm. yeah. yeah, it hurt. So uh, we, we we quickly um, realised that we weren't going to be able to do the show. So uh, and then and Simon got here just a couple of moments after me, and we went looking around for the first aid box, and I found <laughs> I found one first aid box, ran back in here, put it on the table, opened it, and inside was a wooden doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, just nothing else. I couldn't help it though. Just you know, in the moment I went, "Is this, this going to help?" <laughs> and then uh, thankfully Simon, who's uh, far more prepared than I am, found the actual first aid kit in the kitchen <laughs> and uh yeah well organized and off we went down to uh to warwick <coughs> hospital and uh yeah he had uh, a few stitches in his finger yeah three stitches which means if you're a regular listener to the podcast you know recently we've been giving matt uh, matt whitehouse a little bit of stick <coughs> for his legs and uh, when he was moaning about his legs at the wolf run so that's it now the the baton has been passed matt so i don't think it ever will be passed let's face it my favorite it won't be passed because no. i'm going to actually do the wolf run even with a bad finger matt's matt's still recovering from his scab <laughs> uh, it was quite amusing because matt turned up i could have got poisoned or something yeah <laughs> so so ryan he had gone very pale and we were a bit worried for him so well, we, we went down to the hospital mcdonald's at that point as well no, he didn't. Right, right. No. yeah no, he didn't. matt turned up with six nuggets and a burger and just sat down and watched it all <laughs> But I walked in yeah. first and Ryan was pale. It's like the smell hit Ryan. I thought I better go out there. <laughs> <laughs> so are you okay though? Um, has the injury report? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I'm want to show your finger to anyone on the camera? To uh, not see? really a lot you can see up on that camera. Yeah. It looks like I'm swearing, but I'm not because it's actually my index finger. So, but no, it's okay. Just can't bend it. Still bruised. Could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, I put some finger glue on though, Dan. 
<laughs> I put some of that glue on and I called it finger glue. It's not actually uh, finger glue. It's yeah. Glue. Uh, before we went live tonight, I was having a chat with Ryan and he went, yeah, I've got some of that finger glue. And I went, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? Like, imagine that, I'm Dragon's Den. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I need 50 grand more for, it's just a print stick, but it's got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, skin glue. Skin glue. Freak <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that was us yeah. that's what we've been doing and um, we're, we're all here now so you know better late than never no but it's on they wouldn't so. let me touch the cameras this week <laughs> <laughs> I got here an hour early tonight just to wait for Ryan I didn't want him letting himself in on his own <laughs> and then he turned up he was having a McDonald's and I said what are you having and I really wanted him to say chicken fingers but he didn't <laughs> <laughs> so that's us and uh, we, we hope you're well. If you are watching live through the stream, of course, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask, um, any, and obviously we're here, you know, we're, we're you know, having a bit of a laugh, but we, we're here for, for serious reasons, and we'll get into that. Thank you, as always. For anyone who's brand new to the, to the podcast and working through some of the, the previous episodes, they're all there for you whenever you'd like to, uh, to hear them. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can message through the app right now. If you just want to message, ask Ryan about his finger, that's completely fine. <laughs> Whatever it is, you are good to go. Before we get into tonight's episode, just a couple of quick things, because you, could you just talk about your, the golf dinner and dance day, which you've got coming up soon? Because it's next month, isn't it? Yeah, it is on uh, 29th of April, and it's uh, um, again at the Belfry. Tickets are currently on sale through our website for the evening dinner dance, which is £45 per person. We've got um, a live band this year uh, called, the Re- uh, called Revolver Covers Band. They're a, a brilliant band, so we're, uh, we're looking forward to having them. Um, and there's also lots of fun and games, and obviously it's hosted by um, by your good self, Daniel. Yeah, it's coming around fast, isn't it? I was hosting yesterday, actually, um, Saturday. If you're listening back through the, uh, the the podcast app, and I bumped in, I was working at the Blues at Birmingham City. Uh, hosting one of their suites and I bumped into Mr. Matt Whitehouse. There he was, walking around, completely freaked me out. But he looks a bit like Matt. It is Matt. Yeah. Extra, extra shift, always grafting. <laughs> Selling programmes. <laughs> there he was, yeah. He was out <laughs> in the hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's episode three of series four tonight and it's been uh, around, well, three weeks now since we were, were last on with the worst girl gang ever. Thank you very much to Laura and Bex once again for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it was a lot good, of fun. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. To have those on and... Um, Tonight, um, we, we've got Simon back in. Like I say, he's been in before. And uh, we, we are going to talk about miscarriages, uh, in particular recurrent miscarriages. And, um, but before we do that, if you would like to listen to Simon's full story, it's the very first episode of Series 1. But if you'd just like to give us a, a recap of uh, introduce yourself and, and your wife and, and, and your story so far. Um, so, as you already know, Dan's already introduced me. My name's Simon. Uh, my wife is Kat. And we lost... Our daughter, who was stillborn in 2014, that was Millie. After that, we went on, had three miscarriages before having a living daughter, Isla, who is now four. But since she's been born, we've had another three miscarriages since then. I was looking at some of the stats before. It's, um, yeah, we're saying it's, it's estimated one in eight, sorry, not one in four pregnancies will end in, in miscarriage. And, and many more happen before the lady's even aware that she's become... Uh, pregnant and then losing three or more pregnancies in a row, known as recurrent miscarriage, is is extremely uncommon. And um, according to these statistics, it will affect uh, roughly one in around 100. But six, I mean, I, to go through one would be, I imagine, just just terrible. But six over the what was the time frame? So uh, it's probably a, somewhere in the region of five or six years. Mm. 
Uh, in terms of time scale and, and, and symptoms, was there, was there a lot of differences, I guess, sorry, no, they, between each was, miscarriage and, was, uh, was, was, you know, the terms of when it happened and the symptoms no, before? Sort and, of, we yeah. already know, sort of, I think, having been through, obviously, this map we have now, uh, it seems to appear sort of around seven to ten weeks. We don't exactly know why. Um, right. We're, so. we're, we're known as an anomaly at the moment. Right. So uh, we've been under uh, the recurrent miscarriage team at Tommy's team over at um, oh, Country yeah, yeah, University yeah. Hospital, uh, who are an amazing, amazing yeah, team. Yeah, Tommy's. Uh, but yeah, at the moment we're the we're one of the anomalies that they've got. How does that help with the? Well, I'm guessing it doesn't help but hinder with just with the emotional, just the coping process. Because we when, one thing I remember you talking about when you came on the very first episode was dealing with questions that you'll never get an answer to. And actually, the, the answer, or maybe the closure that you're looking for, is not there isn't an answer. And I remember that was something you spoke about when you came on before with us. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a tough one. I suppose it's similar in a way to a lot of people that experience stillbirth or other sort of pregnancy-related scenarios, mm. is that a lot of the time there isn't an answer. So, like, when we lost our daughter Millie, we had no, there was no given reason behind it. They couldn't find a given reason. Um, I think we know of at least one of the miscarriages where we do know that there's a reason behind it, and that's a, a chromosome defect that unfortunately my wife carries. But ultimately, some of the miscarriages, apparently the fetus was perfectly normal, and we don't know why. <laughs> Why it's occurred. So I think there's there's still a huge mystery in that whole world, and the medical professionals still don't completely know why, and no one knows the answers yet. Are you um, are you still trying? Is it, how does it affect your you know talking about future and planning for families and, and wary of just putting yourself through this? It's almost a hamster wheel, isn't it? Just that whole scenario once again, and is it going to happen? And then that doesn't help with the anxiety, and then on the top of it, you know putting your body in that in that right position and, and it's an ongoing frame of mind yeah yeah it's an ongoing conversation but it's also one of those where we feel that you know we can't we can't close the book on it mm. yet we can't because we always we always sort of dreamed of having two children or two living children yeah. um our daughter i'm sure would absolutely adore a sibling yeah um so we're we will carry on trying until the point that we've kind of either been yeah. successful or mentally had enough, I think. Okay. So all my wife says until she's too old. But that's at the fine. moment, it's fine. Okay, well, <laughs> well that's good. I'll, you know, it's good. With the, we spoke about it before, having, you know, the positive mind frame and, and, and just, especially when you're going through such horrible scenarios and situations, just that just to keep living and to keep going and to keep trying to make that dream that you want to have. And as long as you both are in the right place and the, you're feeling as if it's something you want to do, then, yeah, go. That's, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah, it's hugely tough. I mean, sort of after, after you've been through one, normally, I think, especially with Kat, my wife, she, she definitely goes through a period where she thinks, can I do this again? Yeah. And I know that. And how do you support your wife in that? Because it's, it's, it's her body and to put in just listen, pregnancy, going listen. through that, but then six times with, yeah. Listen. That, that's yeah. the main thing I do is listen, support. I'm there for her as a shoulder to cry mm. on and do my best to just sort of reassure her. But obviously I can never turn around and say it will be all right and it yeah. will be successful because I don't know and we've, we've understood that. But uh, ultimately just being there and being there for her, I know that most of the time when she says, oh, no, I don't know if I can do that again, give it a week or two, yeah. and normally she says, oh, maybe I can. 
but every time I say, look, we'll we'll know when, mm. we'll know when, and we we just make sure we talk all the time about it, and yeah, it, the main thing is just communicating. Communi- yeah constant communication about it which is just brilliant advice for pretty much anything in life and anything relationship based there isn't it it's just to keep talking um matt and ryan if we want to bring you in is this um a place that you found yourself in before with uh, obviously you've got your your stories that we spoke about and you can listen people can listen back to those in previous episodes but yeah as far as uh, miscarriages or current miscarriages and how um and maybe with you know with the charity and the people that you work with and come to you if there's anything you'd like to add we obviously know cat and Sai really well and have lived that their journey with them since they obviously um, sadly lost Millie. And you can you can really see how they went through the mill, obviously with with the loss of Millie. But then this is a whole new ball game because, like Sire said before, <clears throat> there is no tangible answer mm. as to why this is happening. I mean, ordinarily miscarriages that occur you know sort of early early first trimester miscarriages that occur tend to be because of chromosomal abnormality or something like that um which is then why obviously the pregnancy doesn't um doesn't continue um and as Sai said there that there is a, a chromosome that cat carries that could be a reason for for one of the the miscarriages that they've that they've suffered I think one of the hard things um, we we deal with as a charity is that when it comes down to to miscarriage, people quite often have the perception that it's not the same feelings as what you would have with um, a stillbirth or um, a neonatal death. Or I've heard about. I've heard, is, is this because it's just a perception that it's it. Which obviously is, is is not true, but it doesn't it doesn't feel as real. That's that's a really blunt way of putting it. I, th- I think I'll be honest. It's it, I suppose it's it's hard for us that are in that that mm. have been in that situation to actually say why it is because we know how it feels. Yeah. Whether it's a perception that people look at it and say that you know you're very early or. There's that, you know, get to 12 weeks and then people tend to tell, you know, family, yeah. friends and stuff. And yeah, nine yeah. times out of ten, that's usually because at 12 weeks you have your first scam yeah. with the NHS. You see the heartbeat and boom, everything's great. But, you know, I've seen heartbeats at five, six weeks, yeah. you know. But so whether it's a perception that people have is that, you you know, you get to 12 weeks and then you're officially pregnant, if you like. I, I don't know, but... You know, we've got lots of friends who, um, not necessarily through the charity, but our own, you know, friendship groups yeah. as well, who have who have experienced miscarriages, and I can clearly tell you now that the the devastation yeah. for those um, those women, those families, is is exactly the same as yeah. you know as any form of baby loss, because as soon as you find out or you get that positive pregnancy line, your life changes straight away. You you start yeah. then planning. Um, about what's going to happen. Matt Whitehouse, uh, regular, has been on um, pretty much every episode, I think, who was nodding very enthusiastically a couple of moments ago when we were talking about that. So, yeah, do you just want to... Uh, should we back up and you, you just want to come in with your thoughts I, on this? I just... I was going to ask, well, the question for me is, do we do we think that miscarriage is... I was trying to think of the word to say. Is it under... Not underestimated as to how hard it is. I suppose that's probably the right thing to say. But like, it, it, I, well, let's be um, let's be honest about this. Anyone who has a thought on this, it doesn't just have to be us four in the room right now. Anyone watching live, and yeah, yeah what's your thoughts? It's, on it? it's, I think people probably look at it and say that it, because miscarriage happens, it is very 
the, the frequency of miscarriage is is quite high, mm. i.e. one in yeah. four, one you know there's some ladies who do have miscarriages and they haven't even realized they've been pregnant so actually yeah. uh, the, the statistics are they genuine probably not it's, it's a, bit a, best a rough guess, it's a it? rough yeah. guess. Mm. Um, and maybe because we hear of miscarriage more so than yeah. stillbirth or termination for congenital abnormality mm. or neonatal death is that people just become desensitized it's normalizing it isn't it yeah yeah and and that's where i think um I suppose again, it's interesting. If I if I'd looked at it, um, if I'd looked at it before we'd lost Cali, I might have felt that way as well. Possibly, I, I don't know. Or, um, but again, we've all talked about this already. That when you when you lose, you enter a, a completely new world and a completely new mindset and a completely new perspective. And then you start thinking, well, actually, yeah, mi- miscarriage is it's a life, isn't it? It's a it's it's a feeling of. Mm. You know, as Rise rightly said, you know, as soon as you get that pregnancy line, your life changes anyway because you think you've got these dreams coming and then and then it's taken away from you. You know, and it doesn't matter how early how early it happens. So yeah, I think I think it's kind of I think you're right. I think what you said about the fact it's seen as as a as a normal thing, but talking about it changes the percent. It's like what we're doing here every every time we do the podcast, and it's changing. Yeah. perceptions and changing viewpoints and changing mentalities to it isn't it let's face it you know it might be for these people it, it feels because again it's that normalization and the frequency of it and because it, unfortunately it's, it's a lot more common that someone who might be maybe a little bit more reticent to talk about a diff you know a stillbirth or another way in which you lost your child but miscarriage is, is almost it's like it's an easier thing to men you know just just as a, a perception an easier thing to to bring up mm. Yeah, but then I I know people that have suffered miscarriages, and you know they they obviously do feel like their life has sort of completely changed, and it's affected them, and you know in almost in a similar way to a certain degree as yeah. anyone else who's experienced any sort of loss amongst that period of time. And it's... Do you know what I think? One of my things is is that for people who have recurrent miscarriage, like yourself. Um, you know, you've had six miscarriages, three, you know, three and, and then three or those people that have that have had recurrent for, you know, years and years and and haven't been fortunate enough to have a, a child or anything like that is that actually every single miscarriage is just another kick in the teeth that they've got to wait until they can finally have a child. Or in some cases, some people may either through their own decisions psychologically not want to not want to pursue and go any further or um choose not to do it because they can't go through the anguish of miscarriage or, uh, again mm. so ultimately the the feelings the the stress the anxieties everything that builds up with it is it, it's exactly the same absolutely exactly the same and and it's you know i've um, sat on a few uh, talks with various consultants, things like that, and and we sat on one at um, the APPG, which is the All Party Parliamentary Group for Baby Loss, um, at the House of Parliament, and we um, heard a talk from a consultant that said that miscarriage and baby loss, so the, the way they term them both, miscarriage, early miscarriage, and baby loss, mirrors uh, the feeling. Sorry that you get from that mirrors that of soldiers on the battlefield with PTSD. Yeah, really? Wow. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's big. And it is big. <clears throat> and it big. is because 
we get put in a in, in a situation quite often where we speak to people who have had extremely traumatic yeah. experiences with um, when they've lost a baby to stillbirth or if they've had to make a decision to terminate a pregnancy or something like that. And I can tell you now, and I, I, listen, I, I'm not one that could say, yes, they're exactly the same as a soldier that's experienced what they've experienced, and I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that. But I can tell you now that the trauma that they go through is... It's it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Guilt, blame. Yeah, I'm know. guessing there's different. There's a lot of similarities, but obviously the nuances within it because it, yeah, it's it's a trauma, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I'm sure they won't mind. We've we've had a few comments come through, so I'm sure people won't mind us yeah. sharing these. Nick has has made a comment, which is miscarriage is still the loss of a child, and and the dreams that you have with that. And it's still hard on the parents and and shattering at the same time. And then we've had another comment yeah. uh, from Bella saying, being told, like, oh, you miscarried, it probably meant something was wrong with the baby, um, like it was some kind of blessing or something like that. Um, and she thinks that sadly people don't think of the baby as a real baby until yeah. it is second trimester, which is what we were saying when yeah, you yeah. get to that sort of 12, 14 week, whatever it may be. And why do we think that is? It's society. Well, yeah, probably. So, like that's that's. For, uh, I think you, you go it again when we when you have your first child, you you get caught up into the um, as Rise just said, the whole naivety of that's the we- that's how it works. The, these are the weeks you follow, and as Rice said, you get to twelve weeks. Right, okay. For me, with Callie especially, for me, that's where the naivety then, looking back, obviously not knowing what was going to happen, that's when the naivety kicks in. Because mm. you, you think, you get to 12 weeks. You think like, it's all okay. That's, that's it now. Yep. We're gonna, our baby's fine. Yep. No problem. Absolutely no problem. Yes. We'll get there. Clear no run now. Apps, that's Clear it. running. And, Which obviously know, isn't far from the truth. Of yeah. course. And, and the fact is that, you know, it, with, with, with what happened with Callie, up and, up, even up until we lost her, we didn't have many moments where mm. it was... A bit touch and go, right? Um, I remember you saying, yeah, yeah. One of the only nights we had was, and, and I'm sure Crystal won't mind me saying this um, live, but one of the only nights we had was Boxing Night, where um, she was sick in a drain on the way up to City Road Hospital because she'd literally been sick for about five hours, couldn't stop being sick, yeah. and that that was where, from yeah. then on, that was a little bit okay. This is it, there's a mo- I feel I feel I, well, just my opinion, but I feel there's a moment <laughs> within your pregnancy that all of a sudden it becomes quite real, that this is actually happening. Like, I think 12, I think because it's 12 weeks and obviously... Yeah, it's you know, true, actually. Every, yeah. every lady's different. They, they show differently, of course, and that kind of stuff. But you're 12 weeks and no one, unless you've told them, kind of knows what's going on. Because yeah. in general, they don't start to show things like this. But like I said, when that happened to Crystal on Boxing Night, that was a real kind of wake up as to like, okay, this is... This is happening. This is actually... But this is happening, but also, actually, there's, there's, it's not just having a baby. Like, I just thought, have a baby. Like, you know what I mean? And then it's true, yeah, like, you know, it's yeah. true. Because you just have a child, you know? But then, like I said, this happened. But I think the naivety is kind of there from 12 weeks on. It's like somebody yeah. dang, it's like yeah. somebody dangling a blank check in front of your face, yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying, right, you can write whatever amount yeah, yeah, you yeah. want on there. Oh no, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing that every single time, yeah, and they just rip yeah. it away from you because yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a comparison. It's it, absolutely. It's right. um. I remember when we we had a miscarriage, um, and I remember how devastating it it actually was. And I, at times, I I do look back and and think to myself, did I? show as much care
care and as much empathy towards the situation that we were in because it followed our loss of Lily. What are your thoughts on that now, like after some time's passed? I, it, it was obviously devastating. Mm. It was. But again, I, I think because we were so, it was quite close to when we'd lost Lily, I think our lives were still a blur at that time. So it was probably difficult to even be able to emotionally take anything else in. It was almost like your, Sensory your, overload, your wasn't it? cup was already full. Um, and I just, re- I, I know exactly how Amy felt because mm. I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it on her face. So that was here's the question as for, for both of you two then, because you've been through me. I've not been through miscarriage, but for you two, are the feelings, I'm sure it probably is, are the feelings different for men and women? Like, or is it hard to answer that one? Or It's a difficult one for me because I think the first one was after Millie and probably still sort of kind of wrapped up in that sort of dark world after losing Millie. And it was, I think it was, yeah. I can't remember exactly when, it may have been like the year after, and it was one of those, I think, I was a bit kind of numb to it. And uh, as we were having the con- you guys were having the conversation earlier, I was thinking from a father's point of view, especially in the early stages, you know, when, it, when women tend to miscarry, you don't get to actually... There, there isn't really much that you get to experience yeah. because when you get to... When is it sort of the later teen stages of weeks... Mm-hmm. And you, the baby starts to kick and move around. Yeah. And move around. That's when yeah. you start to engage more. It feels yeah. a bit more real, doesn't it? it? You can feel something real. kick. So yeah. Obviously, you don't get any of those feelings. And obviously, women's bodies do all sorts of things that are different to normal during those first few weeks, anyway. So they get to, they do sort of feel all these different things. So it probably, well, it's physical and mental for them throughout the whole pregnancy, whereas from a male point of view, especially the first trimester is very much, it's purely just a mental stage. Obviously, we we can see the changes in our partners. Yeah. But but then it becomes real and tangible and exciting. And then then that sometimes that anxiety, so it brings us back to what we said earlier, that anxiety might kick in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it does kick in because of previous's, uh, previous sorry, experiences. We, uh, you've mentioned before, Matt, with, with you and your wife, Crystal, when you had uh, Etta mm. after the, the loss of, um, of Kelly. And the pregnancy you just couldn't enjoy. And it's supposed to be a special time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And is that something you felt, you know, obviously with each, with each miss, uh, well, miscarriage? Fir- so with the first miscarriage, I think I felt a bit kind of numb. And possibly even for the second one. By the third one, I started to question... Th- thinking, are we ever going to be able to get yeah. there? Then we were very lucky. Were you angry? Was, what was your emotions no, during see, this? See, one like... thing is I've never, I've never, none of it's ever come out. You're a very angry. calm man. Like, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Mr. Calm. I was inside angry. Hey? I oh, I did get angry. No, yeah. <laughs> but this is one thing I've <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I've, I've never, I've never got angry with this because I don't know. I haven't got a reason to. It's. There's no sort of, yeah, it's frustrating because mm. ultimately we don't have any answers, but that's not anyone's fault. So yeah. there's nothing really to be angry about. It's just upsetting more than anything. So by the third one, I think I started to think, are we ever going to get there? And mm. I think I started to sort of feel quite downbeat. And then when we got pregnant with Millie, uh, Millie with Isla, yeah, that was that was tough. Like going back to what Matt, yeah. Matt said about sort of their pregnancy with uh, with Etta, I've never known something that 
felt like it was going really fast and standing still at the same time. Yeah. It was bizarre. And Brian's nodding, I reckon you felt the same with, with your lot. Is yeah, it's such a weird I think thing. I aged about twenty five years in that nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, every time yeah. Amy'd roll over in bed, oh, I'd just think something was wrong. Yeah, or she'd serious. get up to go to the toilet yeah, and yeah. she'd only go in the toilet and I like, she must have been and stuff like, sick yeah. to death of me. Oh yeah. Because you, I mean, you you summed it up pretty well uh, where you said it, it, in that first sort of 12 weeks, um, a lot of it's psychological and, and you can see the difference within your partner or your wife and you can see that difference and you know because you've seen that pregnancy line. So therefore, you know that, that she's pregnant. But at the same time, it's if, if anything does go wrong, yeah. sadly, it, when it does go wrong, you just feel hopeless because you can't, there's nothing... Absolutely nothing you can do. Which to, has been a common theme we spoke about, isn't it? That, yeah. that feeling of hopelessness. It's that, hope, and... You just feel hopeless. And I think that was that was my thing was I just felt hopeless. I, yeah. I didn't know what yeah. I didn't know what to say and I didn't know what to do. Because again, it was I was experiencing something that we'd never experienced before. We'd experienced mm. a stillbirth. So I, I knew what to say and what to do, but I didn't have a clue what to say or what to do with a with a miscarriage because we we hadn't yeah, of course. ever experienced it. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to read out another comment from Tom. Um, Tom said that p- people say you know to keep it quiet for the first twelve weeks, um, as after the first twelve weeks you're in the safe zone again. We're coming back to this, aren't mm. we? Um, but anyone who experiences recurrent miscarriage will know it's not safe until the baby is in your arms, kicking and screaming. It's almost as if you're feeling like you're waiting for something to oh, go I wrong. Mean, like, sort of, I think yeah. every every one of those pregnancies we've had, we've now got to a stage where we almost expect yeah. it to sort of fail. And, yeah. You know, and if we get past the certain stages, and I know with Isla, we got. You know, there were certain points where we got past them and it was like, okay, right, we've got past that one. Now we've got to build ourselves up to the mm. next one. And then you think, okay, right, got past that. So we, just little then goals we get each to, way. We lost, we lost Millie, uh, Millie at 26 weeks, so we get the 26 yeah. weeks is a big target, get past that. And then you're just like, okay. And I remember with Isla, I mean, I think about every week, twice a week at least, Kat was going down to the hospital being hooked up just to check. Just, she, yeah. I remember there was there was one there was sometimes where I'd get home from work and she'd be sat on the floor just in bits, and that was the same day she'd already been for a checkup, and it was almost like she just couldn't believe things were actually going okay. It's, it's, it's a strange sort, sort of, of cocktail of emotions, isn't it? Oh, there's yeah. a, there's like and you know a little bit of relief mixed up with the anxiety which comes back again. And there was me just thinking, well. Are you being ridiculous? Or are you not being ridiculous? And I, I kept saying to her, "Look, I think I, the way I looked at it was, look, you're my radar. I haven't, mm. I haven't got the feelings going on inside me. You're the one with everything. You're the one that would know if there's an issue. At the end of the day, if taking you to the hospital, even though you've only just been there this morning to get checked up again, if that's settles, what you need to do. Yeah. If that's what you need to do. You need to do it. And we we live quite a bit away. I think we're about thirty odd miles, maybe, from um, the hospital. That particular hospital. It's not in our local okay. area, um, but yeah, we we went there a lot, and we yeah. got used to paying for the car yeah. park. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to fortune in that car park. Yeah, yeah, I think man. I've got shares in it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it, but it, it's scandalous, isn't it? Some of them hospital car parks. Oh, I was like, come yeah. on. 
I'll tell you what, the best one was where you turned up and none of the machines were working. That's yeah. when you sort of felt it was a little victory. Yeah. <laughs> we thought that last week when we dropped Ryan off with his uh, cut fingernail. Yeah, do you know what? And I forgot to pay for the parking when I left as well. Did you get to cut? Yeah, oh, no, man. no. So I forgot to pay for the parking when I left and then... <laughs> I was back there again and uh, ended up having to phone up and oh, no. pay it 24 hours later because I, I just completely forgot. Yeah, I just Did someone to come out doing this? Yeah. <laughs> With the big gladiator finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, get them all out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We were going to try and wind you up a little bit throughout the throughout the show tonight. So Simon suggested we get you know the big foam fingers from Gladiators that you saw yeah, back in the yeah. day with Wolf. Yeah. And um, and I said, oh, I've got one. I, I saw it in my garage not long back when I was having a clean out. So I thought I'd grab it. And I went to uh, to have a look, and it's um, it's gone rotten. <laughs> those things don't last. If you got one of those, throw them away. I'm not sure. I don't even remember where it came. Up. I don't even remember getting it. And I must have gone out one night, had a really good night instead of a traffic cone. I came home with a foam finger. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> anyway, we should knuckle down with the rest of the podcast. Yeah, well done, well, well done. There we go. Before I forget, actually, we've got um, a football game coming up soon, actually, haven't we? With Is it Angels United? that We, we briefly mentioned it uh, a couple of episodes ago, but yeah, we'll see, what's the latest with all this? If people would like to come and, and watch. And... Yeah, so we're playing... Um, so last year, actually, we did our very first uh, football game against Suns United Solihull, uh, which uh, was extremely successful, and we won as well, which was, which was great. So we decided to do it again this year, and we're actually playing at Birmingham City's ground... Um, it's not called St Andrews anymore, is St. it? St Trillian's Trophy Stadium. <laughs> Which is ironic considering they've never won a trophy. Um, Haven't they won one more, more recently than Villa? What, a trophy? Yeah, the Blues. Oh, they've won one. They were the last club in the area to win a mate. What you call one of the major trophies? They win the league cup. They the league cup. Yeah, yeah but, but we won a trophy when we got promoted oh, in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, we're playing against Angels United, which we're really looking forward to actually because we we saw these guys featured on BBC on Baby Loss Awareness Week 2021. So we got in contact with them. We've got a game against them at. Birmingham City's ground I'm not going to say the name because I'll be here for an hour saying it on Saturday the 14th of May yeah. we've got some places actually if people want to join in our team so please do get in, in touch we can have a squad of about 18 brilliant can we have a trial day a trial <laughs> <laughs> how many have you got can we have a trial day yeah we're putting Dan on water boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, don't put me in goal you seeing how tall I am are they, um, are they any good by the way they people... tend to play every well, I think they play every week like Sands do right. yeah they play and every we're, we're, we're looking for ringers we're going to get battered no 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 no, no. Right. We were all like, no we were, once we figured out where we were all playing and stuff last year we what were in all the 89th right, we're... minute yeah, tell yeah, Matt yeah, works yeah, for a football club come on look he's just switched on now he's yeah, just gone yeah, straight into football it, manager yeah. mode yeah Matt came in he gave me his UA for B lot he's he's your way for B certificate. He said you gotta have me on it, you gotta have me on it. Yeah, Look on your way for B I yeah, am yeah. <laughs> uh, post that on Facebook and everything. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing football side of Matt. Yeah, it's yeah. Good, it's good. I took someone out against Sands and I'm like, it's a friendly game, what am I doing? I'm thirty eight. I've stopped playing when I was twenty nine because I had basically told I couldn't I was gonna not walk late in life. I stopped tackling people. And they threw this ball out, the goalkeeper did, and this little ginger-headed lad, and I was like, I've got to get there. And I set off, and as soon as you set off, you can't <laughs> stop. And he got there before me because he was quicker, and I just wiped him, absolutely wiped him. And I looked across, and, and my old man was just like... How old was he? Fair, my old man, no, he was like, I was a 
bloke. Okay. My old man was proud because he used to talk like that. <laughs> I just, there is one mask. Crystal was like turning Etta the other way. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> I just wanted to check the age because I just had images in. Do you remember when Boris Johnson knocked yeah, out a kid yeah. playing rugby? Yeah. My, have you seen that one of Michael Owen? Michael Owen oh, scoring past scoring a thirteen-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. That's it's horrendous. I've just realised now why I broke my ribs. Yeah. That was the ginger lad. Yeah, you yeah. wound him up, I and then he decided to take it out on me. I'd have hacked him earlier. Disclaimer, by the way, <laughs> I um, I have no prejudice against um, red or bone no, or no, ginger no. head. He was all bold. All bold. All bold. Yeah. No, but seriously, then, if anyone right now would like to get involved in that, you can do. You just need to reach out and get in touch with Ryan. And the best the best way for to do that is that email or social media. What's the best way, Ryan? Uh, email um, info at lilymayfoundation.org or you can contact um, us through social media on Instagram or Facebook. It's quite a busy time, actually, because we've got that football game. We, we've got the Wolf run and the half marathon. Yeah, we that, have the, uh, yeah, we've got the, the golf dinner dance we mentioned. The Wolf run, which is happening on the 23rd of next month, which will be April, if you're listening. Uh, not to the live version of this podcast. And yeah, that's actually on the same day as the Tyson Fury, Dillian White, big boxing fight, which is going to be happening later on that night. Look yeah. forward to that. So yeah, there's lots going on. And obviously you can you can check this uh, and keep the program, you know, keep on board with the progress through the, the Lily May social media channels, the website. We've also got our own special dedicated page now for this podcast, the Still Parents podcast. So you can find that on Instagram. It'd be great to give us a follow and obviously you'll be able to get some clips from the show. Because I know it's not always easy, the podcast that I listen to, some of the ones... You know, such as Joe Rogan's goes on for like three and a half hours. I'll just go and listen to a little 20-minute clip of it. You don't always need to yep. hear the whole thing. Find the bits that work for you, and you can see some of the clips through there. And, um, yeah, once again, as we always say, if there's um, somebody that you think should listen to this, please reach out to them. And um, something that we've spoke about before is it's quite... Obviously, it's, it can be a tough listen at times because you're going to be... It, we had a conversation, actually, Matt, mm. in uh, in the pub, didn't we, last week, um, with uh, me, Matt, and Simon after we dropped off Ryan for his... Uh, Broken fingernail, now the hospital. And, we would, and even Matt, who's been on every single episode, said he's, he's found it difficult to actually go back and, and listen to any of them. And I think he did for the... Was it the first time you actually listened to one a couple of weeks back? Yeah, so I... And how did you find that? I, I, um, I'd realised, yeah, just a couple of weeks back that I hadn't actually listened back to, to any of the episodes. And I, and I don't know why that was. I don't know whether it was just because it was... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I haven't got a reason. But then Do you think I you find it easier to talk about it than, than listen, maybe? Or is it know. just a different... It's a release to talk, because it is something different to what you've done before. Oh, it's a massive release yeah. for me to do this. But yeah, absolutely, and it helps. I Then I just... So I started listening to the, the roundups. Oh, yeah, the, the, the series. Yeah, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. the highlights. It's Most people like, just don't want to hear their own voice when they yeah. things like this. Well, it's yeah, to be I fair. won't be listening back to this one. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. We've got two, us half the room won't be listening back to our, their own show tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, um, looking forward to editing that one then, Dan. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just be me and you on the edit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I think it's probably because... No, I get it. I mean, joking aside, I, yeah. I totally understand I that, it's, obviously. It's, it's one, not light it, entertainment, is it? Yeah. I think it is that I think it is that for me it's that whole having to be in the right mindset I think yeah um and it's it's bizarre because it's what March now I'm already thinking ahead to Callie's birthday which is not even yeah. till June June yeah but like it I've I think we've touched on this already yeah. before I find the running to Callie's birthday every year I I, I that's why I, I just that's why my running intensifies yeah. I just run like a madman. You find that build up tougher than the actual day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just, I. That's why I get out more and I get out for for longer and 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 try and run quicker because like it, it, it helps. It just yeah. helps me release. And like I said, totally. even even now, like I said, it's what middle of March and, and yeah. I, I I can already, you know, feel myself kind of 
you know, thinking about it. It's your therapy, isn't it? Absolutely, right. And you're wary of it. Does that does that change a little bit? Does that evolve a little bit each year, knowing that how you've dealt with, you've found different coping mechanisms? And is there part of it that you want to have that feeling? I don't think I don't think any year's the same. Yeah. Uh, it's like we've we again we've talked we've talked about this numerous times before, haven't we? You're you're eleven years down the line. You're you're um, coming no twelve years down the line now, aren't you? Twelve years. You're will be eight years. Eight this years. October. Um, yeah, we're six years six. this year. It, it, as we said, it's just one of those subjects that you just um, listen. You learn, as we've said already, you learn to cope with it. Yeah. You learn to yeah. change. You learn to understand how your mind works, and that's that's how I find it. My my, I know my mind now when it comes to this. But saying that, um, I thought I'd really struggle during the first lockdown because yeah. we weren't seeing a lot of people. Yeah. But I I actually coped with that better than I thought. Yeah, I, was I remember going you mentioning to. this. And then the following year, I struggled worse than the year before. On the second lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. But then we weren't in full lockdown where it was June. So Might we be because back out then, but like it wasn't as new. There was you'd been through it. Mm. It was yeah, yeah. But then, but then, and then a couple of Fridays back, I drove up to to Cali's on my own on the way back from work, and I cried. Just sort of stood in front of stood in front of. There's a song we we uh, that I always put on when I feel like it's building. I put on um, somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. We played that at her, and I and I just put it on because I knew I had to release a little bit, and then done. Bang! I'm back in the car and I'm on my way again. Yeah, it's just. Just a way of way of coping. Can you yeah. recall your ini- your initial emotion when you get back in the car? Is it like, uh, obviously you're not going from one extreme to the other? But is it is it a relief? Is it? Just I think it's probably you've... that. I think there's probably a bit of a relief there. I think it's probably a connection that... with Cali. Yeah, absolutely been right. There. Yeah, um, and I think it's um, uh, a clarity. Yes, well. yes. Yeah. I think it's a clarity, and I, it's it's also knowing that it, it's it doesn't have to happen as much as it did. Like I, I, you know, I, I, I used to go up every Friday, yeah. but I don't now. So I think that's knowing that, and it's also trying to think in my head that she's okay with that. Yeah, you know, and it's spiritual. Right. It's always there. It's always yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's. I think it's just every year it changes. Yeah. You know, I probably won't think about it now for a while, and then it might pop yeah. up again. And yeah, just that's the whole thing, isn't it? Something that my um, me and Ryan were talking about earlier on in the week. Now we've had um, originally, you know, we set this up, and it still is primarily just aimed at the guys. You know, just we, we're not talking enough, and maybe sometimes not always talking about the right things. I mean, a good twenty percent of this podcast every week when I'm editing it is just getting rid of a lot of the football banter. <laughs> so, so, if you listen to the actual podcast, you're thinking there's a lot of it. You should hear the, the whole amount <laughs> and, um, and and different things that we've done, uh, including when we had um, Amy Ryan's wife when she came on, who was the first female guest, and then we had uh, Lauren Bex from the Worst Girl ever and we were thinking about the you know because we haven't actually heard from siblings themselves yet and this is the conversation I'm going to let Ryan fill you in and, and explain what we were talking about and, and what we might be doing coming up in the next few episodes siblings are quite often forgotten mm-hmm. whether they're siblings post loss or pre loss um, especially um, because obviously those siblings pre loss have, have had to experience uh, both the loss of of their, you know, brother or sister, but also having to see how how it sort of devastated the family with, with the mums and dads and, and what have you. And one of the things I think that we need to do is is look at baby loss through a through sibling eyes. Mm. 
Um, and that's not saying that, you know, we're going to get one sibling in who's going to talk to us for an hour because I think we're acutely aware that kids have yeah. a, an attention span that, that wouldn't last that sort of, you know, length of time. To be so. honest, I'm 44. My attention span is not great. <laughs> so I get that. Yeah. yeah so I think um, what we're going to do over the next uh, couple of episodes is, is get some siblings in yeah. and talk to some siblings of, of different ages. Um, and we are quite happy for... Uh, listeners to get in, in contact with us if they, if they feel yeah. that they have a child that would be happy to come into the studio or we can you know we can do it over zoom or something like that yeah. and, and it doesn't and necessarily like, have to be live either no you know, no no we can put in so it's something we can put in afterwards but it, it's something yeah. where you know we want to look at how siblings are affected especially as we're putting a lot of emphasis on siblings this year as well yeah um, by doing um, a sibling day in August and working with uh, another charity yeah. called Guy's Gift, and also um, looking at you know how how siblings are affected and how we as as adults can help them. Yeah, um, and it's just a really important it's a really important thing to look at, and I think it brings a different type of scope as well yeah. to the to the podcast. Yeah, so that's uh, that pretty much wraps up, uh, I think, more or less for, for yeah, that I was flown by. Is there anything that any of you three guys would like to, to bring up or mention before before we go on? No, all good? Brilliant. Well, thank, thank you as ever, uh, Matt Whitehouse, for joining us on the show. And to uh, Simon Philpott, it's been a pleasure having you back. Oh, thanks, yeah. And as always, listen, if you would like to come on and um, just say a few words, you don't have to be on for a whole episode. You could even, you don't have to be in the studio. You could join us on the screen. You could join us on Zoom for part of a show. If you just want to come on for a little bit, we'd love to hear from you. We appreciate you listening. We know it's very difficult and hopefully we'll be able to offer you some some support and some help whenever you need it. And uh, yeah, from me, Dan, uh, bid you farewell. And uh, Ryan. Take care. Have a good week. That's it. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye. Nice one. Thank you very much. Take care. And we will be back right at the end of March for the next one, but we'll put all that up online. So thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Good night. Cheers. Bye. See ya.